What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 233rd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I am your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Will. I would prefer to be called by my new name, UltraBeast07. Thank you. 07. I'm mysterious and powerful, and nobody knows why I'm here. (laughs) Do you prefer prefer your drink shaken, not stirred? I did not say Ultra Beast 007. Yeah, that's the joke. Ultra Beast 07. I prefer my drinks in a cup. As opposed to a bowl? Uh, I don't know. As opposed to a fork. All right. Silverware (laughs) talk. Why am I being grilled? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have the grill master here with us, Travis. I don't think I've ever grilled anything. No, that's not true. I have. Um, but I'm playing this uh, brand new game called Pokemon Go lately. <laughs> <laughs> I finally have a phone that can that can play Pokemon Go. All right. Now I have questions for you when we get to the Pokemon Go news. Sounds good. There we go. No witty joke. Nothing. That's Just... the joke. That's the joke. I've been playing a brand new game called Pokemon Go. Oh, okay. It's bad enough that none of you ever think my jokes are funny, but now that they're not even recognized, now that I just <laughs> say them and there's no even recognition that I tried, it's it's becoming more and more depressing to do this show week in and week out. Good. <laughs> that's that's the goal here. Good. We have a show for you. A lack you of energy is what we have. I think we need to. I think we need to. All three of us need to to get into it. I feel like we're we're struggling here. Yeah, we're low energy. We need to beef up. Mm, I had some Marley coffee earlier today, so I should be top notch. But I also ran sixteen miles earlier today, so I think that kind of balances out. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We have. A big Pokemon Go update that we will talk about. We also have three new Pokemon, two new Pokemon, three, what, two new Pokemon plus an Ultra Beast, I guess, is what the press release says that we will talk about. Uh, and then some of them really not that important news. And then our Pokemon of the Week. And that will kind of be everything for this show before we dive into things. Uh, I am back from PAX. Well, I've been back from PAX for a while, but there was... You guys got a bonus episode last week, uh, which was the... If you missed my live show at PAX, that is now available in audio form. I think that went up on Thursday. And yeah, I don't know if you guys watched it or not, or if you guys Uh, listened. I both watched it and listened to it just so I could be offended twice, sequentially. (laughs) Will's only on because he's old. <laughs> Thanks. Good. Thanks. That's, good. that's the real reason right there. I'm mm. glad that joke hit home. Jo- joke. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. I didn't think to look at the... I'm such a creature of habit, I didn't even think to look at the feed on any other day than, than Monday. So I haven't listened to it yet. Fair. I... There was... It was... I'll, I'll talk about packs real quick because we never talk about Pokemon to begin with, but... So I went to PAX West, which used to be called PAX Prime, and I was there Saturday, Sunday, Monday, but I believe the I know the show started on Friday, I just missed that day, and there was a small non-PAX Pokemon meetup that I met up with a couple people, and we 
hung out at a very confusing park, and then we also went out to dinner afterwards. And what is then, confusing about a park? The park's really weird because it's it's super long and it runs under and next to the highway. Mm. It and the, and it's layered. There's like this whatever whoever built the Washington State Convention Center. There's a lot of like uh, stone squares that kind of build on top of each other, almost like in like Fez. If you've ever played that game. Yeah. Where everything's like very vertical and like stone slabs. Uh, and the park had that too. So there's just a lot of different layers to the park where it's like, oh, I, I can't get down there without walking like straight and then finding the staircase to get down because it's literally mm-hmm. just like a like 20 foot steel or 20 foot rock divot hole thing. I think the word you're looking for is tier. It's tiered. Tiered. Yeah, that, that's a great word. Word of the day here is tiered. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we found each other, we talked, we hung out, and we went to dinner. And then I did the presentation at PAX, which I think went really okay. Got to thank Will for looking over my keynote and making sure that it was up to snuff. But I forgot to put Sandit on that list of all those Pokemon. Wait, Sandit? Yeah, Sandit, Bandit, the the oh the little see uh, you forgot to guy yeah. yeah no I was really actually when I was listening to it I the thing I was upset about was you were like uh, Oricorio is based on the Honey Creeper blah blah the point of bringing up that Oricorio is based on the Honey Creeper is the Honey Creeper is much like, I think it's the finches in the Galapagos Islands, except it's the Hawaiian version of it, where they, even though it's one type of bird, it has dif- developed different specializations across the different islands of Hawaii. So it's the Honey Creeper, but it looks completely different depending on which island you are in Hawaii. So that was the important part, which is what I sent you, and you completely ignored and didn't include. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying and to figure out what Sandit is. What the little bandit? He has like a guy. bandana that like wraps around his head, but it doesn't. Is this a Pokemon? Yeah, yes. they never Dude. did a press release about it. When when did they show that? Like like showed it? I think they showed it the. Was it the oh, day? It's, of... uh, it's apparently called Salandit. It's that poison fire one. Yeah, I know this is the poison fire one. Okay, he's real cool because he's yeah. a salamander. So that's why he's. He is cool. Salander. So somebody, do you know why, you know why the, all the salamanders in Pokemon, like like Charmander, are fire type? Because of dragons. No, because we used to think. Uh, so we thought we had two misconceptions about salamanders and fire. Some people thought that salamanders were immune to fire, which just wasn't true. It was just something someone wrote down, and then I think someone like Pliny the Elder, or one of those types, or maybe oh, even like Pat Pliny. Uh, or maybe, or maybe it even has, maybe even Augustine wrote it down or something. Anyway, um, in the ancient medieval periods of time, we, uh, it was just commonly repeated that salamanders were uh, immune to fire. And some people even went as far as to saying that sal- salamanders were born in fire. And it had something to do with you would burn wood and then the salamanders would come out of it. And it's like, well, yeah, because they were in there and they wanted to get away because it, the wood is on fire now. But I guess it's not, they're not in wood. They usually live under wood. Regardless, people saw salamanders running away from burning things and thought they must 
be born there when really it's uh, just that they don't like fire, so they run away. Well, people also thought that flies spontaneously generated on rotting meat, so... Right. <laughs> yeah, somebody came up to me after the show and said, hey, you forgot Salandit, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, because they really liked it. And I almost fought, uh, forgot Tota... I can't even remember these, these Pokemon's names. Totemider. Turtonator. Uh, but I remembered the night before to put Turtonator in, and... Yeah, I don't know why I forgot. I felt bad, though. But I, I did my thing at PAX. PAX, is, PAX probably gave me... I probably filled about 200 to 250 people. I know even before the doors opened, the, the PAX enforcers said there was about 80 and 90 people that have been waiting for about an hour uh, outside, outside the room. And I have pictures of the room uh, of what it looked like, but very professional because it was streamed on Twitch. They had like three cameras. They had like a whole command center to switch the camera views, which I'm sure people saw if they watched on Twitch, uh, which is really cool. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was just like, I'm used to speaking in front of people because I do it every year at C2E2 and, uh, and whatever other shows I end up at. But it's, it's very different when there's a bunch of bright lights because they need it to be bright enough for camera purposes. So that was just that was just interesting. I mean, it was fun. I I think my keynote went okay. It's always it's always like weird to speak like that because you don't want it to be so stale and boring that are people like, oh, I know all this, and they get up and leave. And you also just don't want it to be like a normal show like this because one, I don't have anyone to bounce things off of, and two, I there was no news to report on. <laughs> right, right. At the time, uh, but I think it went well. I know uh, Irene. I asked Irene because she was sitting in the audience. I was like, "Did you?" I was like, "Did you hear if anyone like wasn't happy with the show or what? What were people saying?" Because you know, I heard laughs and stuff, and I heard people like yelling corrections in the audience, which always happens because people are way smarter than I am. But she was like, "She's like, no, everyone seemed to have a great time, and and the the only really complaint was a couple people were like very upset at how you pronounce certain things." And I was like, yep, that's me. That's, <laughs> that's the show. Uh, yeah, but I, I had a great time. Uh, I was super, super flattered about the people who came up after the show. So there was a point. I always, I always burn through my content too fast. And it's just a given when, when, I, when I speak. But I had, I think, 36 slides. And I was like, well, if I do two minutes a slide, that's, that puts me way over. And realistically, I'm not going to do two minutes a slide. But if I do... Like one minute, one minute a slide that puts me at like thirty six minutes, so gives me like twenty five minutes to go. But I know some slides, like um, like Rockruff, I knew Rockruff was going to take more than a minute because I felt like I did find some good things about Rockruff, and I, it ended up being thirty minutes exact. And then the the Twitch people set up two wireless microphones in the aisles, which was great because then people could come up and answer questions. And I was like, yeah, there'll be a Q and A at the end. And when I got to the point, I don't know if the cameras ever saw it when I, I was like, okay, uh, we're to the Q&A part. I have two microphones left and right. You guys can stand up. I'm going to take a drink of water. And it, it, to me, it felt like five minutes, but it was probably realistically like 20 seconds of no one getting up right away. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, please somebody ask a question. 
<laughs> no, it went pretty quick, actually. Yeah, yeah, it just felt like an eternity in my mind. I went, and like two people got up right away and then it's always like i think it's that like i don't want to be the first person but like once a line forms then people just get in line because it seems natural but i had really really great questions i didn't i didn't have like why do you think ash is still 10 years old after 18 like i didn't get any of those questions yeah. which was like no, good. i think the hardest question was the the little kid who was like Something about some other type of Pokemon, but it was really hard to understand what they were saying. Like if it was dizzy type or something like that, and they were talking about lava rocks, and I was like, okay, I know that you have some fully formed concept, but you're not expressing it particularly well. But yeah, he I think was that was your hardest question. <laughs> he, he was super shy, and I was like, that's when I was like, hey, would we all want a dizzy type? And everyone cheered, and I was like, oh, cool. Because I, like that like the expression on his face when that happened was he was just super excited that like everyone cheered for him uh and his mom was actually recording on her iphone of him like asking <laughs> the question and <laughs> you're right like i'm not sh i'm still not sure what he was asking or trying to get a, a what point he was trying to get across besides he wanted some sort of like dizzy pokemon but to like see his face like light up of like oh man yeah. all these people are cheering like that was really cool there, the, yeah. I thought it was super funny. There was like this, she must have been like seven or eight, and she was holding a plusle. And she also, uh, probably the same age as the Dizzy kid, asked a, a question. But her question obviously was, was thought out. It was, you know, what's your favorite Pokemon? And of course, I was like, let me tell you about my least favorite Pokemon first. Let me tell you about Basculin. And then I told her what my favorite Pokemon was, and then I asked her what her favorite Pokemon was, and like she struggled to answer it, and I was I wanted to be like, see now you know how Whip feels. It's hard to answer that question. Yeah, but then she came up with like, and I was like amazed that she was like, oh, you know, it's Curlia because she's the Pokemon that's most like me and everything like that, and she was like, okay, like she had a much deeper reply <laughs> than than most people I've come across. Like, you know, like Curlia is the one she most identifies with and she feels it's like her, like, I think she said like a cousin Pokemon or something yeah. like that. She, no, she sees it as a sister, which I thought was like yeah. a really awesome answer of like, this is why this Pokemon is my favorite. Not because it's like cute, because I feel like I have a connection to it. My favorite Pokemon is Geodude because it has a distinct understanding of um, the folly of human existence. Um <laughs> What so I know your your favorite Pokemon changes a lot, Steve. What did you say was your favorite Pokemon during the? I said Chandelier. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, we had uh, and then and then like I said, I, I was super humbled because afterwards, I was like, oh, I gave away Pokemon Go buttons. Everyone got a Pokemon Go button, and I was like, hey, if anyone wants to ha ask any more questions or say hi, I will like stay here or in the hallway or however until they kick me out because I wanted to talk to everyone and anyone who wanted to say hi and there was just a lot of people that like came up and and just asked a lot of good questions and just wanted to know more about the show and and a couple people were like where's will and travis and i was like they're cheapskates they can't <laughs> come <laughs> some of us have jobs yeah and somebody is uh, somebody in particular asked where will was and i was like this is this is the time where will can't go anywhere because of georgetown like these are like the three weeks of the beginning of school and he can't leave but i think i gave a better answer to like because they were asking more about you guys and about b team but i was just like you know <laughs> b team 
I was just like, it's so nice to have you two be and have you two and have you guys be easily reached week after week because it would be very hard if I didn't have reliable co-hosts. And competitive battling is something I'm probably never ever going to get into. So it's always good that like Travis has that aspect and like. I made the joke of like Will's on the show because he's old, but in like reality, when I was talking to the guys, the people afterwards, I was like, "Will is old, but he, <laughs> he I'm not, but he's young at heart." <laughs> I was like, "Will, I mean, he's he went like to a, he went he's to like jo- a grandfather figure to me." <laughs> oh. Papa, I've dated guys younger than you, Travis. Papa Will, Papa Will, uh. You know, Will has a Georgetown degree. He has studies uh, in African history. He's lived in Hawaii. He's lived other places. Like, he has all this knowledge. And the most important thing to me of bringing Will on the show was making the conversations more mature. Not that they weren't mature before, but I just wanted to have stronger and more... I feel like these are the bad words, like stronger and more intelligent conversations. And again, that's not discrediting anything prior to that, but it's kind of like when you hang out with certain people and they like you pick up their mannerisms. So to like take that conversation like a, a step up, I feel like you just get better and more thought out conversations with somebody who is quote unquote old. <laughs> And, and let's be honest, in the real world, Travis is much more mature than I am <laughs> any day of the week. I don't know if that's the case. I'll fight you in an immaturity contest <laughs> and I'll be late. Oh, well, you win. So, yeah, I was it was just um, it was just super awesome to just meet everyone that wanted to say hi and ask them how long they've been listening and how they were listening and what their favorite part was and just like hear their feedback. and. Like we, like one person who, who came up after the show was, it was their first time in America. They came from Australia and they originally, I believe came for Pokemon worlds and then just kind of stayed around. I think it was more, more of like a month long trip, but to catch Tauros. Right. Yeah. They came to catch Tauros in Pokemon go and they just decided (laughs) that next they're going, next they're going to Western Europe to get, uh, or is it just all of Europe that can get Mr. Mun? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's Asia, Europe, Australia. I don't know if Japan yeah, Australia has its own. Gets Kangaskhan. No, uh, Japan is also part of Asia, which I think is far fetched. Far fetched. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was really cool to like take some pictures with people and like somebody asked me to sign their badge and stuff. So yeah, it was just a really awesome experience, and I'm glad it was like I'm glad it was streamed. I'm glad that it worked out. I was also super nervous that. Like, oh my gosh, this is a Monday. People are traveling on Mondays. It's early on a Monday. No one wants to get up and see this. But yeah, like people came out and it was really cool. So uh, that was me rambling for 20 minutes. Well, thanks for the nice things you said about me like two minutes ago. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. I will not thank you because I still don't feel like you've said anything nice about me. But go okay. on. That's, that's fair. <laughs> totally fair. Uh, before we jump into Pokemon news... Anything you guys did worth noting that you wanted to bring up? Uh, I killed an Arzuros this morning, but I think people are sick of me talking about Monster Hunter Generations, so no. Still good. Still good. (laughs) I just assume, I 
just assumed that was some real life creature that I hadn't heard of. And I was like, you discovered a new species and you've already killed it. That sounds like the American way. It's like a blue bear with uh, armor on its back and it like pins you down and then it picks you up. It's real cool. Oh, I was so thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) I love Monster Hunter. I can't hold it in. (laughs) It's really uh, good. I've been playing Pokemon Go because I can now. It's a pretty fun game. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Pokemon related. So we'll, we'll hold on to that to the Pokemon Go news. Let's get the, uh, get the other news out of the way here. I don't think we mentioned this last week or I don't think it was confirmed. But during the Nintendo Direct, when they showed the new Snorlax, they also revealed that there was a Snorlax GX promo card. It was the first Sun and Moon promo card for the new era of the TCG. Snorlax GX will be a pre-order bonus sealed into both individual copies of Pokemon Sun and Moon as well as the Pokemon Sun and Moon double pack, all releasing November 18th. Card text is available below. It doesn't say that this is Japanese, American, European specific. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the Snorlax GX trading card is going to come in every physical copy of Sun and Moon. Well, that's not fair. I always do digital. <laughs> yeah, so do I. I'm not sure how that works. I know... What, what game was it? I feel like there was a Pokemon game where there was a code on the inside. And if you got it digitally, you could call... And verify that you got it digitally and they would mail it out to you. I feel like that was a thing. Otherwise, I'm insane and I'm making that up right now. That is ridiculous to me. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Because the only digital (laughs) ones that have been available have been XY and Oris so far. And it wasn't either of those. It might have been like a a spinoff game. The idea of getting a game digitally because you're like you know what i don't need physical things (laughs) and then to get a digital distribution of something you have to pick up a telephone call someone and have them mail you in the physical universe a code to put in to the game to then access a digital distribution well this is a physical card Patently absurd. Wait, what, what is, it is this of? dystopia? No, he he said a code. He said a code. Definitely. There was okay. To be fair, there was a re-release of X and Y that came with a Lucario. It was only available at Target. Do you guys? I just sound crazy when you guys don't validate. They def- I've, been, I've been barred from Target after the cheese it incident. They definitely. That's a story they definitely it's re- not true it's just a thing i made up <laughs> they definitely re-released x and y at target and on the cover of x and y there was a special it was either ryu or not ryu not the street fighter ryu. <laughs> <laughs> it was either lucario Buy pokemon now and get ryu get pokemon <laughs> get pokemon uh <laughs> Get Pokemon Y, and you can get uh, Ken and M. Bison instead. <laughs> Let's move on. They showed some new Pokemon. We're going to talk about that in a second. There was a Japanese trailer that came out after they showed said new Pokemon. 
And there's only two real things to mention from this Japanese trailer. Uh, one is that they showed a, an Alolan version of Professor Oak, which is <laughs> called Samson Oak. Uh, they are, he is the cousin to Kanto's legendary Pokemon professor. Samuel Oak. Sam, Samson. So that's a thing. Samson. He has like a, mul- he has a mullet going on. Darker skin. A, yeah, a mullet, a deep tan. And, do you think uh, it's a tan? I sort of interpret it as it's a like a side of the family with a different racial background because that is quite a tan if that's a tan. That's kind of, I mean, that takes a lot of difficulty when it is technically a cousin. I mean, it could be means... racially different plus a tan. That is also a case that, that <laughs> could also be true. I, I'm just saying it's, it's not that. I'm just saying it's not that outlandish to have people of different racial backgrounds within one family. What is the genetic overlap in cousins? Is it 25%? This is why you're on the show, Will, because you're old and you should I, know that. Oh, Lord. I I'm going to say it 25? is 25%. Yeah. Siblings, siblings is 50%. It's a, grand, it's a grandparent that they share. Is that, is that like yeah. an actual fact? Like, in order to be a sibling, you have to be 50%? No, wait. I might be wrong. I'm talking about overlap. Ugh. And it's only potential, right? It could be 0%. There, there's only, you know, there's a possibility that... Wait, no. <laughs> I don't quite know how it works, but I don't think it's always 50-50 because... So, like, I have a, I have a brother. My, my brother could have gotten all, like, half... The half of his DNA that he got from my dad, couldn't that be the exact opposite half of the DNA that I got from my yes, dad. Yes. So I, overlap is the wrong word. You always get 50% from one parent and 50% from the other parent. It's always? Just, 100% yes. always? Yes. Okay. And it's just which dominant and recessive ones pass, you know, from each one at, at that particular time to create what makes you an individual, um, which, you know, is why I look absolutely nothing like my brother and sister. Uh, so... I'm just saying within siblings, it's kind of like, you know, 100% of the genetic uh, downpour is 100%. It's 100% because it's from both parents. But then with cousins, uh, yeah, I'm going to say 25%. We'll just leave it at that. This isn't, this isn't Star Talk Radio. We don't need to talk about science. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the thing. Not much has been revealed from that, but I'm sure we'll get more information soon. Regarding about that genetics or about right, yeah, about both, about both. I'm sure Pokemon <laughs> will lay out, lay the foundation out for that, because they have, uh, they have no filter when it comes to releasing Sun and Moon news. They just every single week, just <laughs> they, they've they just, got it on blast. Absolutely, yep, just keeps coming. Uh, the other <laughs> thing just doesn't need a filter. The, <laughs> the other thing to mention uh, from the Japanese trailer is they did show what looked to be. Cutie Fly's evolution. It's very quick. It's about a minute and one second into the two minute trailer here that I have the screen. I must have missed that. Uh, it, it either looks like it's catching the Pokemon or it's releasing. I, I only watched the trailer once and it was last week when it came out, but it just looks like a bigger version of Cutie Fly. So that's, I think we, we obviously didn't need to see. That cutie fly was going to have an evolution. That was kind of a given that it wasn't going to be standalone Pokemon. 
The other thing to take note that I actually didn't ri have right written down, but I remembered was we saw a normal execute evolve into a Lolan executor, and we saw a normal man. What was it? A normal Pikachu evolve into a Lolan Raichu. So there's probably not going to be an Alolan execute or an Alolan Pikachu. That being said, we've we've not seen an Alolan Pokemon not evolve into a non-Alolan Pokemon. This is all super confusing. So I am still pretty confident that we're getting an Alolan Persian because it would be weird if me Alolan Meowth didn't go into Alolan Persian. I think that makes right. sense. I agree. It's the downstream effect. Right. Just like how Poliwhirl can go into Politoed or Poliwrath. I would be curious if regular Pikachu can go into normal Raichu and Alolan Raichu. I'm sure there is a way to make that happen. Maybe. <laughs> I would bet maybe that there's a... Maybe you have to bring it forward from the console games, the virtual console games, and that's maybe the only way to get those Pokemon into the game. That would be weird. Uh, we have two big things to talk about. We have a big Pokemon Go update and also Travis's impressions on Pokemon Go. And we also have the two new Pokemon plus the Ultra Beast to talk about. But we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll tackle both those topics. That's a Pokemon move. And we are back from our break. Let's talk about this Pokemon Go update that came out on September 10th. It is version 0 0.370 for Android and version 1.70 for iOS. Pokemon Go is in the process of being updated to the said versions I just said. Below are the release notes and comments from our development team. Bullet point one, Im implemented the buddy Pokemon. Trainers will now be able to choose one of their Pokemon to be their buddy. A trainer can earn candy for their buddy by walking a certain distance. Number two, made it easier to select smaller Pokemon on the screen. Number three, fixed an issue where eggs would sometimes hatch without displaying the animation. Number four, improved performance, reliability, you know, that's what it says. Improved performance reliability when a device switches networks to no longer cause the application to hang or stop updating. Number five, Pokemon Go Plus support, which actually comes out this week, which is news, I guess. Here you go. Pokemon Go coming out this week if you have it pre-ordered. And number six, minor text fixes. We continue to focus on eliminating bots and scrappers from Pokemon Go. Rooted or jailbroken devices are not supported by Pokemon Go. Remember to download the Pokemon Go app from the official Google Play Store or iTunes App Store only. Pokemon Go team. Go team! The Go team. Uh, the other bit of news is Pokemon Go is coming to Apple Watch. The Apple Watch. Uh, it is coming this... Did they say this 
fall or did they say December? I can't remember. I think they might have said December. Anyways, that's a thing that's coming. It'll probably make Pokemon Go Plus pretty useless. You still get like three months out of Pokemon Go Plus if you're ordering it for iOS. They said nothing about Android or Android Wear or Pebble or anything like that. So, I don't know. It's coming to Apple Watch. If, that's, if, if you have an Apple Watch, that, if that's your thing, cool. If you don't want to spend $280 on an Apple Watch, well, then just buy a $35 device. That'll get you... That'll do something for you, I guess. Does the Go Plus get you Pokeballs? And it like, seems funny that you could theoretically still do microtransactions after you bought a $35 thing. Yeah, I don't think... The $35 thing isn't to get rid of your microtransactions. It's just yeah. to prevent you from pulling your device out a bunch. Yeah, yeah. I just know I would feel weird spending $35 on something and then running out of an in-game item and and have it and like be like all right I guess I'm spending more money. <laughs> I don't know. It, it is a I understand that it's a physical thing and it has a cost uh associated with it and it has different functionality than that that it uh, buzzes when you're around Pokémon, but it's 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 an odd situation that you don't see very often, I guess is what I'm saying. I would be, I don't, I don't still know exactly what it does. I know it can catch Pokemon for you, and it lights up when there's a Pokemon nearby. And obviously, if it's catching Pokemon, I'm sure it's wasting some of your balls. I can't imagine it catches Pokemon on the first ball. Yeah. But does it check into Pokestops? That'd be cool, because then it kind of balances out, if you know what I mean. Like, oh, it's also getting right. balls from Pokestops, and it's also kind of wasting those balls catching Pokemon, so it's kind of a wash, and you're still getting the benefit of just owning it. I don't know. I would, I would, I feel like the Pokemon Go Plus is for the more casual player who's not really spending money, but who's also not going out to a park for six hours at a time to catch, because obviously if you're, right. if you're at a park catching Pokemon that device to you is pretty useless. It's more, more for people like walking to work and not checking their Pokemon Go, but being able to catch a couple on their way to work normally. But it's definitely for the player who's more casual than the player who is going to buy an Apple Watch in order to <laughs> play Pokemon Go on an Apple Watch. <laughs> Look, a lot of people are very excited for the Apple Watch version. And as an owner of an Apple Watch, I am far from excited. Because that watch doesn't last all day. And my phone can barely... My phone needs a battery pack to play Pokemon Go. I don't know if you've experienced this yet, Travis. Where... Not really. Well, maybe you're just not a hardcore player like some of us. Yeah, I, I haven't played for a huge amount of time, but I played for like... Like if I don't I'm, know, maybe an hour and a half today or something. If I'm going to the park for two or three hours, I need to bring a battery pack. So to have something running on my watch that, realistically though, when I say my watch doesn't last all day, my watch will, my Apple watch will last about 20 hours, which, I mean, if I'm sleeping eight hours a day, that's more than enough time to get through the day. But to have something running on that, which I know the, the, device counterpart the phone counterpart drains a lot of battery i would just imagine that 
the watch counterpart would also drain just as much battery. And the nice thing about a phone is I can just plug a charger in and put both of those in my pocket. With the watch, it has like that proprietary, that Apple-only charger that sits underneath it. So in order to charge it, you really have to take it off your wrist. And at that point, I don't know. It's just a, just a fair warning to people who don't have an Apple Watch. Unless they've fixed, unless this app is good on battery, I, I have a feeling that it'll drain it quite quickly. But hey, it's it's something. I'm sure there was a lot of money that exchanged hands to make that happen. No comment. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I own a no Apple Watch. This is in a whole other world from anything that I can comprehend. Same. Well, well let's get to questions. Uh, does Pokemon Go on the Apple Watch make you want, both of you, make you want to get an Apple Watch? No. Will? Me, an Apple Watch? No. Uh, all right, let's bring this down a level. Does <laughs> Pokemon Go make you want to get a Pokemon Go Plus? maybe as a Christmas gift. I don't think it's anything I would buy for myself. That's a good way of putting it. I I mean, I like the Poke Walker. I mean, I think I had a, I think I previously said, said before Pokemon Go even came out when we were talking about the Poke, Pokemon Go Plus or whatever it's called, um, that, that I liked the Poke Walker because it was a thing that came for free and I didn't feel like I was spending it. Um, money purely on the it didn't come for free obviously but it came with the uh heart gold and soul silver and so it didn't feel like i was spending extra money on this peripheral um so so that's why i really like it and i don't tend to buy extra peripherals generally but if if i i mean i've only been playing pokemon go for a little bit but if i found that i was consistent if my interest was consistently retained and i kept playing it and really got into it there's a universe in which I would buy a Pokemon Go Plus, but I find it kind of unlikely. And I, I want to track back and re-edit my previous statement. The minute that there is some sort of interaction between Pokemon Go and Pokemon Sun and Moon, I will have the whatever 25 karat gold Hermes dual yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Watch on my wrist. Featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. <laughs> I don't know. Does does he wear Hermes? And no, so, no, the the meme. It's fine. All right. So you're saying if there was, you do. if there, we, we've established the memes between you guys. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if if there was Pokemon Go interaction with main series games, that would bridge the gap for you buying a Plus or a Watch or something of that sort. Is that what you're saying? 100 percent the the pure joy of the poke walker is i could take a pokemon from pokemon uh heart gold or soul silver and take it with me on my journeys throughout the day and then i could put it back and then it'd be like oh here's what i got for you while we were out and about Uh, let me let me change the scope of that question what if just pokemon sun and moon interacted with your smart device, or your smart watch. And let's make it simple and just say that it, it's like the Pokemon, it's like the Pokewalker where you're just, you're taking a Pokemon with you, it's, it's collecting potions and Pokeballs for your Sun and Moon game, it's maybe leveling up because you're walking. 
Is that something that you would want or you'd be interested in? Can I mention again that I ran 16 miles earlier today? <laughs> I would be the king of potions. Yes, this is what I want. Was the so before Will you were mentioning that if the if Pokemon Go had some functionality or or interactivity with Pokemon Sun and Moon, do we think that's likely? Nope. I don't think so. Do you think that question two just slightly different do you think the minute game freak realized realized holy cow this pokemon go thing is getting out of hand and everyone is playing it do you think they had a meeting where they made that decision do we shoehorn in some now that we've already been working on this game do we shoehorn in some pokemon go functionality because it's uh catching like wildfire and then whether or not they thought that was a good idea, do you think there was a uh, an emergency staff meeting? Yeah, the the phrase is shoehorn tacked on. <laughs> um, come to mind at the very least. Let's throw in some NPC conversation about the Pokemon Go craze in some way. Let's refer to it. Yeah, something. Who knows? Who knows? It might have been too late. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's clear to me that there are two different teams working at Game Freak because the engine they're using for Sun and Moon are totally different than the last two games, which, I don't know, that screams to me that another team was working to build this engine as other people were working on X and Y and or Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, whether the X and Y team then moved on to this new engine and then another team just took the X and Y engine and made that Omega Ruby. Yeah. I feel like they've been working on Sun and Moon since X and Y finished, so Well, I have a I have an uncle that works at the Pokemon Company International and he told me oh, right. that they're actually working on a special Windows phone that is only like a Pokemon Go device, but also interacts directly with Pokemon Sun and Moon. So there you go. I see. Uh before we get to po- like a Pokedex. <laughs> Before we get to Sun and Moon, uh, Travis, what are your just your overall thoughts on Pokemon Go now that you can play it? I've been having fun with it. I have not had any of the uh, life-changing social interactions that people have stories about where I saw an entire crowd of people sh- chasing after a, a herd of Tora. Like, um, that hasn't happened. I wouldn't. I would guess because. The game is old news to everyone but me at this point. But I like going on walks outside in nice weather anyway. So it's cool that I, that I can have an excuse to do that and catch some Pokemon, listen to podcasts, and have a good time. So I'm enjoying it. Does your brother play Pokemon Go? Uh, yes, he has played Pokemon Go. I don't know if he still does, but uh, he's definitely played it before I did. So have you had you haven't had a chance to talk about it with him and your relationship could get closer? I have I have talked about it with him, but I wouldn't say that that was the that our discussions about Pokemon Go are our most candid and uh, personal discussions that I have with my brother. <laughs> oh well, I mean I that's tried. when we talk about Monster Hunter. That thing. <laughs> oh, does your brother does your brother hunt? No, neither of I have a 
Neither. Uh, well, maybe my brother. I think actually my brother might have one of the older Monster Hunter games, that, but I have so no it. value to me right now. <laughs> I'll I'll let him know. Pass that info along. Let's talk about some Pokemon Sun and Moon. They revealed some new Pokemon. Let's start with Alolan Raticade. Apparently that's in the press release here. The only... There, there's some new information about Alolan Raticade. So it's dark normal. Alola, Raticade live... Start that over. Raticade in Alola live in urban areas leading to a higher calorie diet than Raticade elsewhere. This means they have tough bodies and they have gotten a lot fatter. They stockpile huge amounts of food in their neats nests. I don't know why I said neats. In their nests, and they prefer fresh food and high-class ingredients. Alolan Raticate is the totem Pokemon of the trial that takes place in Verdant Cavern on Melame Island in Pokemon Moon. Specifically, it says Pokemon Moon. Laying that out there. Laying that groundwork for our listeners to use with what they want to use that with. We saw that cutscene in... One of the new trailers where it, well, the trailer where it revealed that Pokemon Sun and Moon take place 12 hours apart from each other. We saw a cutscene where one featured a gumshoes gum gum shoes. Shoes and one featured a Lolan Raticate. Yes. But they basically do the same thing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. Right. And they say that they say the same like scream. It was like, ah. <laughs> no, it's like T-H-H-H-H-T, something like that. Wow, why do I remember that? <laughs> and why do they have to, like, subtitle a Pokemon scream? That is was the real question. I, I don't know. I, I do like that, besides catching eight different Pokemon in each game, or however many there are, besides, you know, the main legendary, that, that this is, is something that is slightly different, where the totem Pokemon seem to be different. Uh, also, what Travis mentioned, that the games are 12 hours apart, I think is a really cool feature. It sounded like most people at PAX were picking Moon. That was before we got the announcement that the games were 12 hours apart. But what what were your guys' thoughts on that mechanic of just the time difference between the games? Go ahead, Will. I I haven't been able to grasp it yet. It's like there's so many implications. It's, you know, does that mean that Pokemon Moon players will mostly be playing at night? if they play during the daytime so it'll be like mostly late night and early morning or i would i would say if you're a pokemon moon player and you're going to school or you're going to work you know eight eight to five you're probably mostly going to be playing during the day well early morning yeah hmm well no because then i like wow this is going to be a real trade-off right because right now every morning i wake up i play monster hunter i don't get out of bed until i kill something but i'll be playing pokemon first thing when i wake up in the morning so that'll be like evening and then yeah and then it'll be night all day well i guess that's not so bad pokemon moon for the win and it'll be like talking to all of our friends in australia and japan who are always (laughs) going to bed when we're getting up in the morning travis your thoughts the day-night cycle in the Pokemon games is a feature whose quality, at least in my opinion, is one that varies based on how much they do with that. 
there's some Pokemon games where it feels like the day-night cycle has very little impact on the game other than, you know, a star you will come out at night. Uh, and there are other games uh, like uh, Gold and Silver and its remakes where that was, uh, for Gold and Silver, where that was in a new mechanic where they tried to do more with it. So I think when you do more with it mechanically and more with it visually in, in making towns and things look different at night and different from the day, I think it can be really cool. So in the same way, I think the extent to which this new mechanic is interesting is contingent on how much they focus on it and how much or conversely how much of it is just sort of like an afterthought so if they do a lot with it i think it could be very cool because if there are a lot of things that happen at night then it does give uh if there are a lot of things that happen differently at day and night then it does give the games a different feel even though all of that content is there in both games you know could be cool I suspect for games named Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon that there will be a heavy emphasis on the day-night cycle. Did you find yourself uh, scavenging for, for, for gems in Ruby and Sapphire? Uh, yes, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you don't even remember because those games are trash. <laughs> I don't, the only time I remember gems was in Black and White and Black and White 2. When they or had Diamond the... and Pearl where you had the underground. Well, but the gems are different. Black and white, they had the gems like the for each type had a gem, and then you could hold, have one of your Pokemon hold it, and it would give it stab for one use of the gem. That was in the I original know. black and white. It was in black and white too, as well. I just yeah, have no but, idea why they took it away. It was a very cool item. Yeah. Will, I want to put you on the spot. The nice people that came up to me after my panel, we were talking about different generations and yada yada yada. And I said, well, I think, you know, most people that listen to the podcast know that my least favorite generation is Generation 5, and that Travis's least favorite generation is Generation 3. But I couldn't answer what your least favorite generation was, Will. Oh, my least favorite would be Gen 3 as well. Oh, is it? Okay. I was, oh, yeah. I was it, unsure. It was a, it's a slog to get through the... the <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not talking about Oris. Oris kind of redeemed it because it made it playable, but uh, Pokemon Emerald is painful. Absolutely painful. There you go. The news is out. Let's talk about jangmo O. Is that how we're saying it? You know, this one is, this one is uh, 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 new territory for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, all, we're all in your boat, Steve. Perfect. Now you know how it, it feels. Yangmu-u. Who knows? Wait, say that again? Yangmu-u. Mm, that sounds good. I like that. <laughs> That's like the most bizarre pronunciation you could imagine. Oh well. Pokemon really, really tossing out the names this 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 generation. Really mixing it up. This is the scaly Pokemon. Zhang Mo O has the pride of a warrior and never neglect neglects its training. In its pursuit of being stronger, becoming stronger, this Pokemon uses the scales on its head as a weapon both offensively and defensively. It lives in harsh locations like canyons where it can train. It is a pure dragon-type Pokemon. I'm assuming uh, this is your pseudo-legendary, this is your Dratini, this is your uh, Gibble. I was going to say the same thing. It does look like something that 
is a pseudo legendary dragon that takes a very long time to raise. Yeah, so in most of the other languages, a portion of its name has something to do with being small or miniature, which I don't see why, but that has to do with the English version. Hmm. Apparently, apparently Mo'o is Hawaiian for dragon, or lizard or dragon. Hmm. But what is Jang? Jang Mo'o may, de- this is Bulbapedia, Jang Mo'o may derive from jangling and Mo'o. Well, thanks, uh, or, Bulbapedia. Does, it, <laughs> does, the, does the scale on, on its, its head look like a heart to you? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's super cute. It's going to turn into a like super cute dragon with a big heart. It's going to be great. I, maybe. I feel like the cutest dragon right now is, what? Dragon Knight? Altaria? Gudra? Do not cross the Altaria fans, dude, because <laughs> they will come down on you with I'm ta- the force I'm, of I'm a talking, thousand. I'm talking like three, th- uh, three, three tier dragons here, like Dragon Knight, Gudra. I mean, if we're talking just single evolution, evolution dragons, we all know Drudigan is the cutest. What? I'm just, I'm just kidding. No one likes Drudigan. I mean, I like Drudigan, but I don't think it's cute. Who knows? Uh, the last new Pokemon is Type Null. So Pokemon has introduced a new type in the game. It's not quite space and it's not quite sound, but it's... N- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, type Null is a normal type Pokemon. Type Null is a synthetic Pokemon which was constructed to synthesize the strength of various Pokemon, making it adaptable enough to complete a mission that requires a Pokemon as strong as the Pokemon mythology. The mask fitted to this Pokemon's head is a piece of equipment designed to control its power. Type Null is the partner Pokemon of a newly revealed character, Gladian, who is the enforcer for Team Skull, who places a high value on being strong in battle. So it's the Frankenstein Pokemon. Yeah. Frankenstein. Well, technically, it's the Frankenstein's monsters Pokemon, Mr. Pedant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, According to Bulbapedia, it looks to be based on the Chimera. uh, Yes. Well, the word Chimera in general means any uh, animal that is made up from parts of other animals. It's not a specific animal. Well, there was the Chimera, which is the um, one that's like... Snake. Yeah, there, there, I think there is one that is specifically called the Chimera, and then there's also things like the Manticore, which are just generally uh, chimeras of different varieties of just different combinations of animals, yeah. And there are the true chimeras of the world now where they take back different bacteria and smack them together to make better bacteria. And then they also refer to people who have two different sets of DNA in them as uh People with chimerism, I think, is the way you're supposed to say that. What kind that's of said. amazing people are those? We're getting back to genetics here. The ge- wow. full circle genetic well, talk. It's, it's like when I don't know the mechanics of of how it happens, but I remember hearing a radio story a while ago about a woman who um, had her kids taken away because uh, they did a DNA test and it determined that she wasn't the mother, but she was. And she's like, I remember giving birth to, birth to these kids, and then. They only were able to 
have her get her kids back when they found out that like they took a sample from a different part of her body. Um, it has something to do with the, uh, um, uh, like twins in business like that. I think so. I think that can be one of the causes of it. But I, like I said, I don't know the mechanics of it. Wow, what an amazing world we live in. Mm-hmm. The re- the but- the other information I have here is Type Null was created for a mysterious purpose in order for it to carry out its missions. Its power is intended to rival that Pokemon spoken of in myth. It was created from many different Pokemon so that it would be able to cope well with many different situations. The mask on Type Null's head regulates its power as well as hindering its agility with its great weight. And it's got an axe on it. Huh. Yeah. So I'm assuming this Pokemon would probably do well in a Trick Room team. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Hmm. Yeah, not much else there. It's, you know, genderless. It has the ability battle armor. It's considered the synthetic Pokemon. Battle oh, it's ar- probably going to be some kind of fake legendary as well, where there's a, only going to be one in the game. Yeah, something probably like, like a Rotom, you mean? Where yeah, something a- like that, yeah. Um, Why does I it did- have to be fake? Genesect is, is a... As an uh, artificial Pokemon, it still counts as legendary. Uh, Genesect is an augmented Pokemon, not an artificial Pokemon. This is literally parts of other Pokemon stapled together to make a new Pokemon. It, is it actual <laughs> other Pokemon, or is it just parts based off of other Pokemon? Because like when I'm looking at it, I don't see... Uh, I see what could look like other Pokemon, but I'm, I'm not seeing... like. Sharpedo's tail. I'm seeing a tail that looks like a Sharpedo. Wait, Sharpedo doesn't have a tail. He's a shark. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but he's, he's also, a, also torpedo. a torpedo. All right. Well, bad example. Bad example. <laughs> Let me just go to the real important thing about Type Null here. Um, and I'm sure our listeners will email us and tw- tweet at us with lists of the particular and exact Pokemon that Type Null is made up of. But... For all the people out there who, minutes after the announcement of Type Null, who were tweeting and making commentary of, oh, I guess somebody at Pokemon was lazy and forgot to fill in the the spot on this one. What a big mistake. You folks need to check yourselves before you wreck yourselves, because (laughs) they did what they meant to do, and its name is Type Null. And it's not a new type. That's his name. He's a normal type Pokemon. But just be conscious before you tweet oh yeah I, if there's one thing that pokemon doesn't mess up it is pokemon's names <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing with every single one of their names the only i'm sorry have you seen the pokey rap the well the only exception to that might be for alligator just because they couldn't fit the e uh into for, for alligator's name because there wasn't enough space but other than that they know what they're doing oh. when it comes to names the Poke Rap is a is alligator. Yeah, maybe it was no. I thought they were supposed to put an. I always heard that they removed an e, but what? I'm always wrong, so that's okay. All right, there's a little bit of other news that came out of that. There's all your new Pokemon for now. Brand new characters in the story were also announced. Members of the Ether Foundation, an organization that works in Alola region and conduct conducts various research products residing on ether paradise the artificial island that was created their goal is to care for and provide shelter to pokemon that have been hurt 
The members of the Ether Foundation include Luzamine? Luzamine? <laughs> Go for it, dude. Go for it. Let's hear it. What is, what is the right one? Uh, hold on. Let me look it up. Uh, oh, you're laughing at me, and you gotta look it up. How's well, it spelled? Because... L-U-S-A-M-I-N-E. Lusamine. Yeah, sure. I think you're, what you said was fine. Lusamine. Lusamine. All right. Yeah. Uh, the beautiful president of the Ether Foundation, Faba. Is there any debate there? F-A-B-A? No. no go for All it. All right. Faba can be identified by his signature accessory, green sunglasses. He is the Ether Foundation's second in command. Uh, Wiki. W-I-C-K-E. It could just be Wic. Okay. But then why is there the E? (laughs) To make it not end with a K? Uh, As the assistant branch chief of Ether Paradise, Wiki has a very caring personality and supports Faba. She is loved by all of the Ether Foundation's employees. So now we know that the center island is the Ether Foundation. Let me spoil some story. I'm assuming they're the ones who made Type Null, and then Type Null was stolen by Gladian. Oh, I disagree completely. You don't think so? You think Gladian oh, made no. Type Null himself? Oh, no, I think yes. I think the Ether. Well, that is possible if Gladian at one point worked for the Ether Foundation. This well, he is- seems to be visually similar to the uh is it faba is that the science looking guy with the the aether foundation the 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 classic green sunglasses travis yeah they they bear some visual similarities so it um do you really think so i don't think if these people are about protecting and helping pokemon that they would have put a mask with an axe on top of it no the the mask is only to control it so gladian could have just put the mask on when he stole it do you know how you control Pokemon through Pokeballs and their love and earning their love and respect? That's how. Not by throwing masks on them. I no. I can't I can't get down with this, no. The Man, I forgot the point I was gonna make. Well, here's a point I wanna make. I think the Ether Foundation is going to be the point where you can transfer up Pokemon from the virtual console. Oh, that's a good point. From other games. I like you th- that. You don't, th- you don't think there's any chance that they're slightly, even slightly nefarious? No, I don't think so. No, because Wick is so kind and caring. I think, I think this is the point where instead of having one bad team, they have one good team and now one bad team. I'm not convinced. I, I'm generally suspicious in, in narratives <laughs> where, they, where they introduce a scientific conglomerate with uh, very vague interests and everyone well, wears identical white lab coats. And, we're yeah. all well aware of your anti-science, anti-rationalism look, bias. Look, in, in real life, science is fantastic and great. But if literature has taught us anything, anytime anyone does science, um, they unleash the beast that lives within the cave and then everyone dies. Like, we know how this turns out. Are you literature. saying Game Freak finally saw Jurassic World? And they were like, oh, if we take... Or Jurassic, or Jurassic Park, but what? sure, Ju- Jurassic World. No, Jurassic World had the, the mishmash dinosaur. That's Look, what I'm saying. Have I seen Jurassic World? 
No. <laughs> has anyone seen Jurassic but Jura- World? But you know that Jurassic Park has the mis- the dinosaur where the- it's made up of like six dinosaurs. You could say a chimera. And then they said, this dinosaur is perfect. And then the dinosaur got so smart that it got out of the cage. And then the dinosaur ate everything. Thanks for the spoilers. I was going to watch that movie this afternoon. No, you weren't. <laughs> That's correct. So here's the important thing. Lusamine has a blue gem on her chest that is looks like it's similar to the gems that you use for Z-moves. All right. Good point. So she may be the one that teaches you about Z-moves, which would be a good thing from a good person. I just want to have in the record that, that I think there has to at least be some sort of... Um, there's going to be some sort of twist where the Aether Foundation isn't completely good. That's my guess. All right. Well, to me, can we talk about uh, Aether as the fifth classical element? What element? So he's he's talking about his pseudoscience spiritism (laughs) that the the world we are we are all moved by the humors within our bodies. Um, I think Faba looks okay. So I'll give you this, Travis. I think Faba looks somewhat like the leader of Team Skull in a different costume. Yeah, I think. He, he, uh, well, I think you don't think he looks anything like like he could be related to Gladion, though. Oh, maybe it's Gladion's dad, and he's very disappointed in him. Like I, all of our I am sure sh- it is. It is obvious that they that this team is re- is going to cross over with Team Skull because they're in all white and Team Skull is in all black. And we even see it. We see a scene where the Aether Foundation is trying is like right there trying to stop team skull from like chopping off slowpoke tails or whatever (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah they didn't say that but are you really gonna bar me from talking about the the traditional uh, go go right ahead the traditional uh elements so when we thought that the elements were earth air water and fire um we and we knew that like uh, and even at that point, we theorized that uh, outside of the terrestrial plane, because uh, we're still like, um, I think we were still geocentric at this point. Um, we th- thought the Earth was the center of the solar system, um, or the geo system, as it were. Um, we thought that there wasn't air outside of the terrestrial plane. But light was moving through it, and we didn't think that light could move through uh, a vacuum. So we thought that space and everything in all of the heavenly bodies were made of a fifth element that we didn't really know much about, which was the which was called aether. So that's where it gets its name. There you go. Let's see. We also have the employees of the aether. Is it aether? I say I'm gonna keep saying ether. Ether is more accurate. Is it really? Yes. Is this like tomato and tomato? Uh, in modern English, yes, but the concept of the A and the E, which would typically be written as a joined single yeah. letter that is pronounced with a E sound, it's to keep it so that if you just spelled it with E-T-H-E-R, which that would be ether, but when you join the A and the E, that's what makes it ether. Ether, okay, interesting. 
All over Alola, rumors speak of creatures that possess mighty powers and pose a threat to humans and Pokemon. They are called Ultra Beasts, and they are said to be there are said to be multiple Ultra Beasts in existence. As it as it seems that the Ether Foundation is conducting research on these Ultra Beasts, referring to them each by codename. UB01 is an Ultra Beast that has a body composed of a glass-like substance. It can constantly change shape, and its movements resemble that of a young girl. While evidence of something like a survival instinct can be observed in UB01, no one knows whether it, is, it has a will of its own or emotions at all. It has a will of its own because it's won my heart. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get back to UBO one here in a second. While exploring Alola in Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon, players will encounter Dexio and Sienna. Sina. These two originally appeared in Pokemon X and Pokemon Y as the professor's assistants. They will give you an item called the Zygarde Cube and ask you to collect Zygarde cores and Zygarde cells found all around Alola. If you collect enough, the path to finding Zygarde will become clearer. Alright, so let's back up here. I don't remember these people at all. What? What people? What are we talking about? De- Dexio and uh, Cinna. The, the girl. I think it's Senna. So, yeah, it is. It's 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 well, Sina or Sina, but yeah, they they like were yeah. the ones that were like they had costumes and they would come in and they were like always like a minute too late to actually. I'm shaking my head because I don't remember be, this at all. And they would give you stuff and they would say, "Oh, here's what you need to do next." What 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 role did they play? Like what? They're just they okay. So here's the thing. One thing that's confusing is they've obviously either grown up or have different art in Pokemon Sun and Moon. They look like little, little kids. And they were like, they wore costumes. And they came in, and I can't remember like the specific incidents where they came in, but there were several points during the game where they came to you, and they're like, oh, we're here to tell you about this, that, and the other thing. Or, like, maybe it was at the power plant, and then when you, after you had finished saving the power plant, they came and they're like, oh, we were going to do that. <laughs> uh, don't remind me how disappointing the power plant was. Oh. That's that, we should have a, we should talk about what is going to be the next power plant in Sun and Moon, where everybody's, <laughs> like, all hype for something big to happen, and, and it's just going to be nothing. nothing happens there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. If, rem- if you ride a Rhyhorn next to the truck... <laughs> you so with, with with that paragraph that i read with the finding the zygarde cubes and collecting them for the cores and the cells to lead you to zygarde to, how does that make you feel of maybe a pokemon z never existing and i know there was a bunch of jo- jokes that you know zygarde never got his game but it seems to me that th- this is probably a very well and thought out solution and I don't know if it's something that was stapled on at the end. Be like, oh, we need to fit Zygarde in some somehow. But this seems like they had a clear path with Zygarde here. Oh, no, this is tacked on completely. You think so? You think? Yeah. Oh, yes. I just like, why, like, why would they release a Pokemon Z and like the main, like the main draw to Pokemon Z is, okay, like the only difference here is we'll give you some cubes as you go and you try to find Zygarde. 
Like, is it is it ever stated that? Well, you can find Zygarde in X and Y, but there was like there's no path to get there. You just you just stumble upon him, right? Yep. I think it's it's clear to me that black two and white two were. And we've talked about this before. In my opinion, it seems like Black 2 and White 2 are were the Game Freak's attempt at saying, at evaluating whether or not a third version or something like that um, was a worthwhile time investment. Because it seems like it seems like with Black 2 and White 2, they said, okay, our third versions don't don't sell as well. I mean, I don't know the numbers on this, but I would guess they say. It's getting harder and harder for us to justify making a third version when um, remakes and new generations sell better. Let's try something slightly different. We'll use most of the same assets from the original game, but we'll give it a new story and some some new functionality to make it uh, distinguish itself a little more. And I'm guessing that they crunched the numbers and figured out that they would probably be better off just working on a new generation and then remakes. Um, also, I think it was very important for there to be a new generation on the 20th anniversary. Well, that's a good point, too. Then I will counter-argue with Steve's own argument that while they were finishing up Black and White 2, or when that was released, they had already started working on X and Y, so... At that point, they didn't know whether a third version of the game would be worthwhile or not. So that's fair. Yeah, they had Zygarde in there and then they realized, well, we're not going to do third versions anymore, but we can't. We put so much work into Mr. Zygarde. So I guess that's a fair counter argument. Let's let's throw him into Sun and Moon. (laughs) And you know what? Uh, You know what? You know what? I hope I'm completely wrong. I hope that the whole Zygarde portion of it is going to be like a Delta episode. And actually what's going to happen is that they're going to lead you to some sort of like mysterious non-conclusion involving Zygarde. And then the next game will pick up and be Pokemon Z. So there you go. I don't want my Pokemon games to be just be a tease. That's not fun. <laughs> uh, two more paragraphs. A brand new feature called the PokeFinder will debut in Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon. This feature will allow players to take pictures of Pokemon they find. It is loaded into the Rotom decks, and when used in certain spots scattered throughout the Alola region, you can snap pictures of Pokemon. The pictures you take will be evaluated, and as you take better pictures, more features like the ability to zoom will become available. This is exactly like Pokemon Snap. Pictures are evaluated. It's better not picture, a rail shooter. Better pictures you take, you will get more features like an apple or a boost. Uh, the 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 thing I want to point out is here is it says when used in certain spots scattered throughout the Alola region. I am assuming that you cannot use this at any time you want. I am I'm assuming when you get somewhere, just like you get to like a buried tree, you get to do a little action. I'm assuming when you get to like a specific spot you can take pictures of what may be in that area yeah and that's what they showed in the trailer the guy's like oh if you look through this hole in the wall you'll see something special and then it turns out to be pokemon that you can take pictures of (laughs) i only emphasize i only say that because 
I think a lot of people look at the trailer and they look at it real quick and then their mind goes 100 miles an hour of like, oh my god, look at all these cool new things and they don't take the time to like read the copy of. Well, it's pretty clear that like your expectations are already out the window. <laughs> Did they say they're bringing back Pokemon to me? Is, is this the replacement? Is... Oh, they've shot video of Pokemon and me. Okay, I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay, I wasn't, I wasn't clear. There's been so much. Pokemon is really good at taking away stuff that we like and giving us stuff that is just okay. Hey, we got character customization back, so you chill. Yeah, I am very happy for that. Okay, last paragraph. A huge difference between the two game versions, Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon, uh, were also announced. In previous games, you could discover certain Pokemon in one of the two versions of the game. Now, in addition to this feature, there will be a there will be a difference in the way the time is set in the two games. The two worlds of Pokemon Sun and Moon are 12 hours apart and are tied to actual time in real life. Pokemon Sun operates at the same time your Nintendo 3DS system is, but the time set in Pokemon Moon is shifted by 12 hours. Some totem Pokemon that appear in the trials throughout the game will also be different in each version. Players encountering different Pokemon on the same route depending whether it's day or players will encounter different Pokemon on the same route depending on whether it's day or night, which means players will have to have a different experience according to the chosen version of the game. A new trailer is shown here. For more information, please visit Pokemon.com slash Sun Moon. So there you go. Those are the differences they laid out. Pokefinder is a thing. It's, it, I don't know if this is, this is your Pokemon contest or your Pokemon dance or your Pokemon rock concert. I don't know if that replaces that. I don't know what other gimmicks they've had. It was not a Pokemon rock concert. It was a, movie, there was a Pokemon movie, movie theater. there was a Pokemon like show tunes. Yes. Yeah. Those are things. Uh, Okay. I, I don't know if there's much to talk about that. Do you guys want to go back to UBO one? Did you have any other thoughts on that Ultra Beast? Did we already say it's obviously the girl? It is not obviously anything. So yeah, I don't think it's obvious. Feeding into that fire. I don't think it's obviously it anything. Like, it remember, looks identically like the girl. Remember when we all saw Bufalant and we were like, obviously that's Taurus's evolution. Well, sure, but generally, I think if a thing looks like another thing in Pokemon. It's related. <laughs> Well, and Travis, let I've, me teach you something about something called confirmation bias. I, Just because <laughs> two things happen in in sequence with each other frequently does not mean that they are correlated. And here's what confirmation bias means. Well, I, no, you, you say I, I'm not going to go into depth because our listenership does not need to suffer through all of these logical discussions. Isn't but that a, isn't that a different fallacy? Confirmation bias is when you only pay attention to evidence that supports your own conclusion. Exactly. That's what you're doing. Let me posit this. (laughs) I I would say... Okay, Steve, you can put your uh, whatever theory out there. Go for it. I would say that it is clear and that they have stated that Ultra Beasts can change the way they look. Or in in this case, UBO1 can. So... With Pokemon very selectively picking and choosing what they want to show us, they showed us the Ultra Beast looking very similar to the girl in that encounter for the purpose of us assuming that they are related, but in reality, they are not. 
And I think that they know that we would do that because, again, I think the Bufalant and Taurus argument is really good of all of us instantly assuming that Bufalant was the evolution and it wasn't. And I feel like they have this great satisfaction of proving us wrong when it comes to us showing trailers. So, yes, the, oh, I don't, the obvious I don't thing is that they look similar, so they must be it. But I feel like with a lot of rumors and speculations, the community is usually wrong. And, and I will. So thank you, Steve, because I agree with you completely. I think um, that probably, as you said, UBO1 is a shapeshifter and it is trying to mimic uh, Lily is her name, um, her appearance and her movements just because for whatever reason it has encountered her and is copying. Well, yeah, her. I mean, that's, that all, I'm, not that's mean, all I'm saying. It doesn't mean they're the same being. No, a lot of people I, I, are I arguing that Lily is UBO. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I've think, seen that I a lot. All I'm, all I'm, I think I think either of those are very plausible and very likely theories. I think what is. I think it's naive to say that there's no connection between that character and UBO one. Yeah, they they look they look similar. I I would be more curious if the other UBs are shapeshifters or if that is the gimmick to UBO one is that it's a shapeshifter. The real question of the UBs is why aren't they monsters? <laughs> why aren't they Pokemon? They need they need something to copyright. <laughs> okay they need something to put that little trademark in so they can sell toys that say ultra beast i am interested in in the 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 real question that will is asking which is what is the relationship between these and pokemon and, and people what are what is different about them right like I think that's an why, interesting question like, we have pokemon we have mega pokemon we have primal pokemon we have legendary we have well, mythical all pokemon we have this mythical that, yeah Legendary, mythical, and now Ultra Beast. Which, we, in this case, I don't think they've ever used the term Pokemon to describe the Ultra Beasts. Correct. They have not. You are, yes. I'm looking at the press so release and the, po the words Pokemon and Ultra Beast never share the same paragraph. So it's probably like Transformers Beast Wars where it's like nothing to do with Transformers and we're going in a whole new world. Digimon? Yes, digital exactly. monsters. Uh, yeah. So that, there you go. UBO one. I don't know. Maybe it is eventually a Pokemon, or not. I maybe you can catch it or not. I just I I don't know. I think it's the most interesting thing they showed for sure, though. All right. With that being said, we will take a break. When we come back, we will tackle our Pokemon of the week. And we are back from our break to bring you our Pokemon of the week. But before we do that, I'm going to do a little sales pitch, a little special here. Uh, <laughs> I'm already laughing. So for uh, anyone who signs up for our Patreon this month, the month of September, uh, even if you sign up for a dollar, uh, at the end of September, I will send out 
uh, address surveys, and everyone will be getting free stickers and buttons just for being a Patreon member. So that uh, that will, if you're a $10 backer, if you're a $1 backer, if you're a $50 backer, everyone who then fills out the free button form at the end of September uh, will get free stuff shipped their way. So all you have to do is be uh, any level Patreon backer for the month of September, and I'll make that happen. So if you want to support the show, if you want to support It's Super Effective, you can go to patreon.com slash it's super effective and then hit the little donate button. And if you don't know what Patreon is, I'll explain it real quick. It's like Kickstarter, except for having, instead of Kickstarter having a deadline and an overall goal, Patreon is monthly and it's just for uh, something that's reoccurring, content that keeps reoccurring, like Pokemon Podcast. It happens every, every single week. <laughs> so if you if you if you go to Patreon, you can sign up and then pick which level tier, and then that will actually support us. But like I said, what I'm doing is for everyone who is already a Patreon or for any new Patreons for September, there'll be a survey that go that'll just ask for your your address, where to ship it to, verify that you're a Patreon, and then some Patreons. Some packages will include other stuff besides stickers and buttons. Some will include shirts. Some will include other things that I have laying around, like buttons, stickers, pins. That's my special offer for the month of September. If you sign, if you take the time to sign up for Patreon to support the show, uh, I'll be sending out physical rewards, and that'll be really cool. So there you go. That's a thing. Travis now can bring us to Pokemon of the Week. Oh, we're doing it this way. Usually, you like, okay, cool. So our Pokemon <laughs> of the week is Raticate. Because Alolan Raticate is coming. Typical Raticate that you and I know, however, doesn't have puffy cheeks or dark typing. Instead, it has the ability choices Guts and Hustle. Both of them are good abilities. Hustle is one where you take a 20% dip in your accuracy. Uh, for the benefit of 50% more damage on physical moves. It's just physical moves. However, we're going to use Guts because in almost all cases, it's a little better. You you also get a 50% boost, this time to your attack stat, not that it really makes that much of a difference. Um, When you are afflicted by a status condition, specifically the... um, you want to get technical the one the non-volatile status condition so it doesn't count for confusion or whatever the attracted um infatuated or, or whatever that that condition is called i don't remember the, or the actual name um so only burn paralysis poison and it's subcategory toxic uh and i don't know maybe sleep i don't know <laughs> i mean it's not like it's relevant but the only time I could think sleep being relevant is maybe it still increases your attack stat and then you take more damage from foul play, but I don't know if it actually takes that into account. So really, no, I think sleep is a, is a volatile because you can wake up from sleep. So, right. It's only the ones no, that th- can't, you can't self heal from. I think, I think non-volatile means it stays even if you switch out and switch back in. Mm. I think that's what the term means. Anyway, we're going to put a toxic orb on Radicate to get the benefit of guts. Now, you might say, well, why not a burn orb? Because toxic orb will start doing more damage as time goes on. Uh, but most people recommend toxic orb because apparently it takes 
uh, four turns for Toxic Orb to start doing more damage per turn than burn. And typically in a competitive situation, uh, you're switching a lot. So uh, you get the benefit of those reduced uh, toxic ticks over a consistent loss of HP from burn. Radicate's move pool, while it has some moves that are very fantastic, uh, it's only some, and its move pool isn't that deep. So the set people usually go with uh, is U-Turn. Uh, it's a pretty fantastic move because it lets you get in some damage and switch out. Um, we're going to get to this in a bit, but Radicate has pretty poor type coverage, so the ability to do, to do some chip damage and get out of a bad situation is going to be pretty invaluable. The second move we're definitely going to want to use is Facade. That takes advantage of your status condition in addition to the um, your ability of Guts. Uh, facade is a move that has 70 base power normally, but 140 base power um, when you're uh, burned, poisoned, or paralyzed. And you also have the same type attack bonus because Raticate is normal type. So you're doing a ridiculous amount of damage when you use Facade when you're poisoned. Um, that's if you're if you're trying to utilize guts, you unradicate. You pretty much are always going to use facade. The third move people usually take, and I'll make an argument for uh, maybe not doing this, is sucker punch. A uh, sucker punch is a fantastic move. I'll get to why maybe you would want to switch it out for something else in a bit. Um, but sucker punch is other than quick attack, really the only. Uh, priority move you're going to be able to have on Radicate, um, and Radicate isn't that fast, uh, so you'll need all the help you can get. Um, and then for your fourth move, you'll do Protect because you want to get that Toxic Orb activated so you can um, actually have a chance at one-shotting something, because Toxic Orb doesn't immediately activate, it takes a turn. Um, I would switch things up a little bit and actually advocate um, Crunch as opposed to Sucker Punch. Now, I, I get it. Hear me out. Uh, Sucker Punch is like fantastic move. Why would you use Crunch instead? I think that the ability to do damage, uh, to do significant damage, like Sucker Punch is great because it lets you deal damage to ghost types, which normally Raticate is going to have a hard time of doing. But a lot of the ghost types you run into, with the exception of the like sweepery ones like Gengar, uh, a lot of ghost types are things like uh, Dusk Noir or or, or like Cough Egregious or, or these like really bulky ghost type Pokemon who aren't going to be using attacking moves anyway. A lot of ghost types, because of that uh, characterization of them being tricky, tend to be Pokemon or Sableye is another example, um, although you wouldn't have super effective against it. I'm getting off track. Um, <laughs> they're Pokemon that are characterized as being sort of tricky, so you... They often have non-damaging moves, so you're not going to be able to hit them with Sucker Punch. Um, Sucker Punch only activates if the opponent is using a damaging move. I think Crunch is a safer option. Granted, you don't have any increased priority advantage for when you need to, to KO something, um, but you're in a desperate need of some type of type coverage if Raticate ends up being your last Pokemon, um, and, and Crunch is just more um, reliable. The problem with relying on this set is that, or Raticate generally as some sort of sweeper, is that Raticate has no moves that can reliably deal with the obvious counters to it, which are things with 
high defense and rock or steel typing. Uh, the only it, it has no good fighting moves that deal physical damage. It's got stuff like reversal or uh, revenge or uh, counter. And these are moves that you can't really count on. They all have weird um, intricacies that make them not very useful. So don't that, that's why I think it's a bad idea to um, rely on Raticate as this sort of like cleanup sweeper that's going to be able to take out whatever they have left at the end of the game. Um, I haven't had a lot of experience playing Raticate, but it looks more like the type of Pokemon um, that can do a bunch of damage in the early to, to mid part of the game. But like I said, I don't have a whole bunch of experience playing with it, but that's at least my impression. So, yeah, my only argument for switching up the standard set is maybe putting crunch instead of sucker punch if you want more reliability there you go there's some (laughs) there's some radicade for you ash had a radicade for 10 seconds the ss and ash traded his butterfree for a radicade in the episode battle aboard the saint anne but then traded back in the same episode because when the boat was still sinking shiny radicade is like slightly more orange more brownish reddish i would say instead of like the tan and some trivia for you eradicate's catch rate was 90 in generation one and two but was changed to 127 in generation three eradicate is the only pokemon that shares the national pokedex number with the with the level at which it evolves from its pre-evolution Ooh, that's a stretch. Thanks, Golmapedia. <laughs> yeah. Radicate and its pre-evolution share the same category with Pikachu, Raichu, Sandshrew, and Sandslash. They're all known as the mouse Pokemon. Boy, Gen 1 really, really loved its mice. Radicate resembles a muskrat, a semi-aquatic rodent, due to its large teeth, whiskers, fur, and body shape. Its scruffy ears look like those of a guinea pig. Its webbed feet might be inspired by the Koipoi? Koipu? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, a South American rodent. Oh, it's just like a beaver. It's known as the river rat. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks like a beaver, though, in these pictures. Uh, there you go. There's Radicade. It's a Pokemon of something, of sort. Alolan Radicade's pretty cool, though. Chubby. Stomach's different. More hairy, thicker tail. Obvious differences, unlike a Alolan Meowth. Oh, would you stop? <laughs> Red eyes instead of I black. I just like Meowth, okay? Yeah, Radicade. That's a, a, there, there it is. Cool. There's your Pokemon for you. <laughs> there's your Pokemon. <laughs> uh, there should be some new YouTube content up this week. I bought, I bought two Pokemon items at PAX West uh, at their Pokemon Center. And I plan on... Uh, Plan on putting those reviews up on YouTube. If you haven't checked out, I've reviewed four things on YouTube. They're supposed to be funny reviews and somewhat informative, but YouTube.com is a website. YouTube.com slash PKM and cast will get you there. Otherwise, do you guys have anything else? No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm done. There's Eradicate. Use it, use it well. Travis is at the Travis W. Will is at Wash in the Sink. I am at Dragging a Lake, all on Twitter. 
follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. Uh, free stuff to all Patreon backers for the month of September if you support us on Patreon. And yeah, otherwise, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Ultra Beasts. <laughs> what a dirty dog. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>